0: Welcome to semester two, episode eight, Just Admit It, where former deans and directors of admission give expert insight into the complex higher ed landscape. I'm Nat, an Ivy Wise college admissions counselor and a y Start counselor. And I was also a senior assistant director of admissions at NYU and NYU Abu Dhabi. Joining me today is my friend and colleague, Lorenza, who is an executive functioning coach at IvyWise. We also have some very special guests joining us today from Bennett Day School, which is a progressive school that emphasizes collaboration and curiosity. IvyWise partners with Bennett to provide college counseling for their upper school students. Martin Moran is the director of upper school and Jennifer Newberry is the upper school counselor. In today's episode, we're going to discuss how building executive functioning skills and good study skills from an early age can help to set students up for success in high school, college, and beyond. And I'm very excited for this conversation because, uh, as some of our listeners may or may not know, I spent the last four years in a consulting role for a day school in Brooklyn, New York. And so my family moved to Brooklyn and we really immersed ourselves in the culture where I was director of college counseling. I was also an upper school dean. Um, And a lot of the things that I was seeing in my 12th graders, like we would start working on the college admissions process, or actually it'd be like this, the summer before senior year, we would start doing what we called an application lab an app lab. And a lot of the skills that I wanted to see manifesting by that time, I knew that I could start working on that immediately with my ninth graders. And so um, what we did was we kind of built back, we calendared back. and, And some of the skills that I wanted to see in my seniors um, I could start building that as ninth graders. And that's, you know, as an upper school dean, I had the ability to work with all four grades in the upper school. But then when I started programming, and, you know, I was very lucky to work with some amazing colleagues at, at um, Poly Prep, and we started calendaring and, and planning out all of these amazing sessions to build up, I came to the realization that a lot of the things that I was doing with my ninth and 10th graders, I could actually start a little bit earlier, right? And there's, that's where we are today in our conversation, right? And so just to give you a glimpse of some of the things that we were thinking and working on when I was, you know, consulting for Polyprep was we wanted our students to, I wanted my students to really understand cultural humility and not cultural competence, which is like, oh, we checked the box, we did that diversity training, but really come to an understanding. And that obviously, you know, it it can't come in one year. It has to come over a tremendous amount of time. Um, Some of the skills like step forward and stepping back in class discussions, but that was super important. And again, a skill that you could build over time, self-advocacy, you know, some of these are, are very um, you know, they're pretty obvious, right? The maturity that comes along with knowing when to ask for help. Uh, one of the things that we started doing with our ninth graders was a study skills inventory. And I think, uh, you know, Jennifer will talk more about that um, and just trying to get a, a baseline level, right? Of, uh, of where students are and, and have and to try to get a sense of what awareness they have of their skills and, and kind of their areas of opportunity. Um, I wanted to see more reflective writing, right? So all of these, uh, and then, you, the big picture is I, I wanted to see what we call, what we refer to as executive functioning, right? And, and in kind of learning about even the, you know, the elementary school, right, the pre-K and the kindergarten, executive functioning is a term that we would use with those students as well, but it meant very, very different things, right? So today we are kind of, we're aiming towards a, a younger crowd than we normally speak about. We normally kind of speak about the college admissions process, but in, in some ways we are actually also talking about preparing for college and beyond, right? So um, I'm really, I'd, I'd love to hear, Lorenza, give me your take on what executive functioning means. Um, and I guess we'll try to like cater to more like the middle school. And then if, if some of the things that you work on specifically, you know, actually can be applied earlier than middle school, then I'd love to hear that too. We'll, we'll, um, go ahead, Lorenza, I'd, I'd love to hear what you have to say.
1: Thank you so much. So my name is Lorenza, and I'm an executive functioning coach at Ivy Wise. And I think executive functioning um, skills are so important to build, especially if you can build them in middle school, so that you can really start high school on a on a good note. And um, because you're gonna have, as you go in through high school, you're gonna have more and more things on your plate. So I think it's it's really important to build these skills early, and they can be built early, and they can be learned. Um, so let's let's talk about what is exactly executive functioning. The way I I see executive functioning is more or less like the management system of the brain. So it's that group of skills that really set us, like, help us set goals, plan ahead, and complete tasks. So these skills are crucial not only to succeeding in school, but really in everyday life. And they allow us to pay attention, to regulate our emotions, to self-monitor how we're doing our work, and to understand either other points of views as well. So another way to think about executive functioning is asking yourself, how can I go about doing what I have decided to do? and um, and so if you have you have a plan and then you have to figure out a way to, to accomplish a goal. So really, how can you go about doing what you have decided to do? That's really like a good definition of of executive functioning. And executive functioning has many different abilities, including working memory, attention, emotional regulation, flexibility, planning, impulse control, self-control, self-monitoring, and initiation. So there's a lot of things that encompasses um, executive functioning. And some kids are better in some areas than others. So we have strategies to work on, on all the different areas that encompass executive functioning. Um, I also like to compare executive skills coaching to um, to cardio and strength training of an athlete. So imagine mm. if you're a cross-country runner and that runner has to do a lot of stretching, a lot of strengthening, a lot of cardio work to be able to be successful as a runner once the season starts. So I see the executive um, functioning role as being all this cardio work that, they, that the runner has to do before they actually start the season. So the more time and effort that the student really devotes to learning these skills early on, the more successful they will be as a student um, once mm. once they hit high school. So I think it's really really important to to learn these skills early. And for students who have not developed these skills, they can really feel a lot of stress and anxiety and feel really easily overwhelmed with the amount of work that they have. So, and I think not having these skills really uh, prevents them from working to their fullest potential. Um, so I think it's it's really important to have these skills in place as early as possible.
0: Mm, I love. That. That. And I know Jennifer, I'd love to hear about your role um, as an upper school counselor at Bennett, which is such a distinguishing it's such a, a neat place it's such a different you know a different take on education. It makes me very very excited. Um, but I know that we've talked offline about kind of having the awareness of mm-hmm. what skills you are missing, the kind of the areas of opportunity. How do you all do that at, at Bennett? How have you done that in the past in your career?
2: Well, I think what you're like, everything that is said, I'm like nodding and saying like, yes, I hear all of this and learn that just like hearing all of what is encompassed into executive functioning. It's like, yeah, no wonder why kids really struggle with this. This is a lot. Mm. Um, But I think what we've really tried to do at Bennett is make it a part of um, our advisory curriculum from day one. Um, And I just want to say too, that that doesn't mean that it's like you start with one skill and then you're like, okay, I've got it. And then you move on. It's something that you kind of always have to kind of come back to a refresher, a check-in. But that self-awareness piece is where I think that everyone, whether you're in middle school or even adults, it's, it's something that we constantly have to come back and reflect and check in with ourselves and really be honest and say like, okay, what's working and what's not working yeah then to kind of figure out like, okay, why isn't this working? What's getting in the way? What's, you know, a barrier for me to kind of what Lorenzo was saying, like doing what I want to do. Um, And I see that um, in, you know, with our upper school, we have eighth and ninth graders, and I see that a lot in just um, their ability to be aware of like, okay, am I, do I have enough time? Am I able to? Am I organized? You know, like all of these things, whether it's organization, having your materials, setting aside the right amount of time, um, and then a great question is like, are you able to initiate things? You know, sometimes I tell students, I'm I, I'm like the initiation is the part that's keeping you from getting it done because a lot of times when you set aside that time and you get started, 20 minutes goes by and you're like, oh, I've been doing homework for 20 minutes. No big deal. But right. just getting to that initiation part is really hard. Um, but like like you both were saying, um, I think that when you do develop executive functioning skills, it allows you to do the things that you want to do. I see an increase of confidence. Yes. Um, and engagement of being able to really share their interests and things that they're proud of with the class. Mm -hmm. And that when you don't have those and you're really struggling to to get a hold of executive functioning skills, you see kids start pulling away because they feel very overwhelmed, they feel anxious. Um, and I can even go back when I was younger and remember, like, if I didn't have something completed, right. I kind of wanted to, like, duck your head and be like, please don't call me, please don't call on me. Right. You know, like that, that fear, that anxiety. Yeah.
0: Oh my is gosh. Very
2: over- overwhelming, you know? Um, and so we really at our school, because we are a small school. and have students to constantly reflect identify the things that are going well and why like what is it that is going well and then identify the things that they really need to work on and sometimes i you know students just recently they've been like can i do a goal that's not academic i'm like whatever you want to whatever motivates you because that's going to help you to practice these things Mm. um you know to to really make sure that you're managing your time. You're staying organized. You're initiating, and then right. you're being able to reflect at the end. Um, these are all really things that are important. Um, the hard part is, I think, um, for a lot of schools, we're lucky enough where we we have such a small school. But um, the school I was prior I was in prior to Bennett, they had six different teachers, so each each classroom might have different routines right. protocols. Um, the more consistent you can be, especially, um, you know, parents who are listening, like if you can have a schedule at home, um, routines that you just remind your student to say like, okay, when I get home, this is where I put my book bag. Mm-hmm. This is where I do my work. This is at the end of the day, this is what I do my with my work when I'm finished. Um, and kind of start those routines. Um, and I think that that gives a really uh, some predictability, some control, sense of, um, you know, accomplishment when you're able to do those things. Um, And then you can start working on some of the amazing things that that um, you were talking about, of being able to kind of uh, self-advocate because then you know what you need help with. Right. um, but a lot of some of those more developed skills. And uh, I think that these skills, like you said, can start when they're younger, but they're so important as you get older because you really want to engage um, in a more professional way with uh, whether it is wise counselors or someone who you're doing an internship. And then, you know, as you continue on in life.
0: Yeah, and this is such an important skill, everything that you and Lorenzo are talking about, right? It's um, it's something that I know that you uh, at Bennett, you all at Bennett, are, are thinking about and, and being very pragmatic about. So, Martin, I want to get you involved in this. As, as an upper school head, you must have to deal a lot with systems, right? There's just so many things that you have to organize. Can you talk about... Kind of from a systems perspective, how you frame it for the students in terms of providing them with this this ongoing coaching, so to speak.
3: Yeah, I think one of the, one of the challenges that that we were thinking about when we when we built the school in in the first place was was really the idea that um you know students like jen was just just saying this that that students have uh a executive functioning challenges that even adults don't really have uh they have um six different bosses in some cases with six, six different sets of expectations and and six different deadlines and, and that's something that as an adult you know i i have one boss and, and i know generally what i need to be responsible for uh, in that context and so i think when we were building out the school in the first place and setting up the systems is understanding the need for the school to provide scaffolding opportunities for students to develop these types of skills as they would go. And so so in terms of a, a system standpoint, what we're really trying to, to think about is how do you uh, approach a school schedule, a time of day schedule, a calendar, all of these things in such a way that students, whether they are considered to have challenges in executive functioning or not considered by the school to have challenges in executive functioning, doesn't, doesn't really matter. They all need to have the the scaffolding opportunities to, uh, as Lorenzo was saying, work out those muscles, right? They, they need the chance to run, whether they can only run one mile, they can run six miles, everybody still needs to do it to continue to build that muscle. And so um, so I think what we try to do in terms of this is, is try to, you know, in our schedule, we limit the number of classes that we have uh, per trimester, we, we spread them out over a trimester as opposed to a semester. So students aren't trying to do six different classes at once. We're trying to do uh, only only two or three different classes at once, which will mm-hmm. allow them to maybe uh, maybe have a little bit less of a need to spread themselves across all of these different subjects. In mm-hmm. uh, time, you know, as Jen was saying, we build in a an advisory program that's very much not just okay. Have twenty minutes to check in. Uh, take attendance and then move on to your day. It's actually got direct curriculum four days a week for an hour a day, where right. where you can work on these things. And so, so part of this is really around how do you you know how do you really create the systems of support so that uh, so that students have you know even like I said whether they are considered to have challenges in this area or not, uh, they have the opportunity to work on them in a way that isn't um, isn't beyond what we even expect from adults, frankly.
0: Right. No, I love that and. Jennifer, I loved what you said, you know, giving parents some some action items about giving them things like get getting your kids in a routine, you know, and the things that I try to do without even thinking about it, like, oh, this is going to help their executive functioning. But I want my student, my, I want my my students, my sons, to, you know, come into the house. Take off their shoes and then, you know, put their backpacks down, um, and it's it's probably a very fine balance of kind of giving them enough guidance to to kind of get them in routine, but then maybe like over coaching, right? So, Lorenzo, I I would love to hear about some of the activities that you might. Be able to share with us that maybe parents can do, or or kind of give us a, a sense of how we should put things in perspective um, to try to help our our whether it's our children, our students. But what can we start doing? How do we how do we start thinking about this uh, from like yes. a, a teaching perspective?
1: I totally agree. I think parents can be really great teachers um, of these skills. And you, you see your children so much. And, you know, some of the schools are not like Bennett where they where they take these things into consideration. Like they say, you know, like a lot of the high schools, they have seven different teachers with seven different set, um, sets of expectations. So I think the teachers can be really great. I mean, the parents can be really great teachers. So I think my 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 first advice for the parents um, is to really empower your students and not become their, exception. Executive functioning voice for them. So instead of giving them instructions and telling them now it's the time to do this, now it's the time to do that, that is really becoming their their executive. uh, It's it's almost like becoming their frontal lobe. So what I would encourage parents is to ask them questions so that the students can come up with the answers on their own. So it's really important to empower the students and 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 um, and and to help them figure out a plan on their own. So don't make them dependent on you to organize their work, but empower them so that they can do it on their own. So if you instruct them on, the, what, they, on what they have to do all the time, instead of, you're really preventing them from developing their own executive functioning since you would be acting as their own frontal lobe. So mm-hmm. instead of sending, and, and you're also um, sending the message that they're probably not capable of figuring it out themselves if you don't do it for them. So right. instead, I would ask the following questions like, okay, so how could you approach this task? Um, What do you need to do first? What options do you have? Um, What resources do you have that are available? You can include some self-reflection by asking, like, how did your plan work out? Or why do you need to plan differently next time? Or what do you think really worked and what didn't work? And how can you calm yourself and get back on track? Hmm. So I would, I would be like my intervention as a parent would only be asking questions instead of just telling them what to do. Um, awesome. And you should really, and and the other thing that you parents should really encourage students is to have a growth mindset. Um, and to, you know, to really praise the effort instead of the, of just praising the result and, and seeing how these skills really reflect on, on, on more growth going forward. But, but really to, to try to have the growth mindset. Um, because I think the growth mindset plus the executive functioning skills really put the students on a really good path. Um, uh, and also another thing that, that parents are really, um, encouraged to do on my, from my point of view is to really try to teach their kids that what they say to themselves really matters. So if they're, doing oh. a lot of negative self-talk, like, I'm horrible at math, I really hate this, I'm horrible mm. at doing writing, so that really also only raises their anxiety, yeah. and anxiety is the worst enemy for, um, for executive functioning, because executive functioning really depends on having working memory, and um, if you have a lot of anxiety and you don't have working memory, then you're just putting yourself in a path of not really doing your best and using the executive functioning skills that you do have.
0: Yeah. And I I love what you said and, and really giving our listeners some, some action steps and some ways to think about it. I hope they find that helpful. I want to talk a little bit about um, the pandemic and how that's affected yeah. students as well. I mean, I think that... I mean, it's probably obvious that a student with high EF executive functioning skills would would fare a little bit better than someone that doesn't have it or is still developing those skills. Jennifer or Martin, can you all talk about kind of what you have seen in, in your format? And, and I don't know if you all are hybrid or if you're in person, you're small enough where perhaps you are still in person, but tell us what, you know, how... EF can really affect a student and can help a student, especially during, you know, difficult, stressful times like uh, like online learning?
2: Um, yeah, we've been kind of a little bit, I'm like, yeah, Marty, I'm like, we're a little bit of everything this yeah. year because I feel like as numbers have gone up, we've had to go home. But yeah. um, we've pretty much been in person. But because we've had to be more flexible I think that um what we have found is that a lot of things been has have been moved to um you know kind of like online or electronically yeah um and I remember um years ago when we had moved to uh, my prior school um moved to like uh one-to-one on uh um, on iPads, and everyone thought this is going to be so great for executive functioning. And it was like, for some kids who were already good in executive functioning, I'm sure it was great. They didn't have to keep track of papers. And then for mm. other people, they were like, I saved it. I just don't know where it went in the cloud. You know, right. like that was really hard. And right. we are seeing the same um, kind of struggles where it's like, oh, Google Classroom is so wonderful, yep. except you have to stay organized with your Google Drive and Google Classroom, right? It's a totally different
0: way to organize as well, yeah?
2: Exactly. Um, And I also have found that once you give a student a laptop, its um, I I just think that uh, students these days, they're so fluent um, with technology, but it's something that they go to. um, It's become so habit-forming that um it's it's kind of like their their default whenever some like there's there's like downtime. okay i'm just going to open my laptop and find a video or something like that so i think that kind of like um the interaction that you hope that they would have when we're in person sometimes isn't there because um there's something else that that might get their attention really quickly and um and and in the same respect you're you might be on a zoom call and it's so easy just to click another tab to go search and do other things. So it's requiring... Um, that self-regulation of saying okay I'm getting a little bit like my brain's getting a little tired yes. I've, been, I've been paying attention mm-hmm. um, I really want to do something else right now but I'm gonna stay focused like that, no, no, yes, that's, uh, that awesome. <laughs> that's that's a hard skill to to really um, ask some students because they've never had that that availability to just kind of be able to disengage pretty quickly and go to a different tab so we've really been challenging students and actually Actually, challenging our teachers to say anything that you can do that we're not asking them to do—you know—on a computer, on a tablet, on a laptop. Let's try and get back to that, like paper right. and pencil, because we know that um, that it it kind of it, it almost helps them self-regulate without even you know having to remind them. It's
0: like um, a balance, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of those things. Um, I think that it is it, it's hard. This is another one too. It's like you almost need to help train parents on how to help their students as well mm-hmm. with all the different, um, you know, apps and different um, presenting platforms. It's so wonderful, and at the same time, parents are like. I'm not quite sure what they're supposed to be doing. They show me no. their Google Classroom and it doesn't say missing, but they haven't, I, I don't know what they're doing. And so then it requires um, teachers to be able to say to parents, okay, this is how you can you can help coach your, yes. your student to make sure that they're doing what they need to be doing. Um, it is, I, I have to say, like, I think, um, and I can speak as a parent as well. It's hard. You, you kind of want your kids to be off the technology at the end of the day, because you're like, you've been on it a lot, but at the same time, you know, that's sometimes where they're supposed to be doing their work. So it really is, it's, it's a hard balance we're in right now.
0: You know what I'm hearing a lot of is um, the importance of self-awareness, right? Of just, and that is a very difficult skill. I mean, we we talk about, you know, it's hard for adults to develop that skill, and we're trying to cultivate it in our younger, you know, generations. Um, and and I see this, you know, as it manifests. In the college admissions process, when students are tasked with writing, you know, their personal their personal statement, you know, for, for the Common App, and um, and I have worked with some incredible students that are just they're so good at tasks and they're so good at you know getting good grades, but they an area of opportunity for them would be reflective writing, um, and it's you know they're they're just so busy with kind of chasing you know the the outcome right they like the visible extrinsic outcome that they haven't necessarily taken time to to think about the process and to, to be aware and so in situations like that we always would go back and we we had a lot of our younger students journaling you know we had all of them journaling and I don't know I mean Martin and, and Jennifer do you all do journaling at you know as part of advisory is that something that you all do
2: yeah we definitely do some journaling but i would say it's more in that um it's it's funny i'm like there we have we have one piece that is more of like a journal but Mm -hmm. also just kind of like a stop check in with this skill and reflect yeah you know what i mean so it doesn't have to be like a whole page like you know like what are you thinking but um like uh even this morning they had to do like a progress checker to like a goal that they were reflecting on last uh, from last week. And it was just like, stop, ask yourself, how did you do last week? And I want you to reflect on like, why do you think it, it's working and or why do you think it's not working? So right. just that reflection piece of kind of, I, I think that's something that we all want to like, kind of take time, stop, slow down yeah. and, and check in.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm so, you know, I want to hear more about this, you know, at, at Bennett, you obviously have, it's a smaller school. So you have such close relationships with the adults and the, the you know, the students have, have close relationships, but um, you know, the coaching that can be involved with it, it's indiv- individual, right? There's, there's so many students with, you know, you have to meet them at, at where they are. Um, Lorenzo, can you talk about some of the more common Work that you do. I don't know if that's even a fair question in terms of like because again, students are are all at different levels in terms of where they are, right? And but what is something that is something that is more commonly occurring that you work with when you're kind of working with a um, a middle school student to try to develop a, a you know a helpful study habit or a, just a executive functioning skill.
1: Yeah. So what I do with students is I I, I try to help them with their current homework and um, mm-hmm. the, with their current projects, and we try to teach executive functioning skills with the projects that they already have. Got it. So, for example, I was working with a middle school student that had um, a science project, and the science project was like a three-month-long project. <laughs> And it required all kinds of, you know, data tables and background work and um, a thesis. So there were a lot of requirements. So what we did is, we said, okay, so let's break it down into little pieces. Let's see when each due date is, and what do you need to turn in for each due date. And then, right. what I like to do is, I like to help the student visualize the end product. So he says, like, what is it going to look like when it's done? So then we say, okay, what, it, what it's going to look like when it's done is I have to build a poster and it's going to be a trifold and this is where I'm going to, so we we actually draw it out so that right. the teacher, so that the student can actually have it in mind. And this is like, okay, so this is our final product and this is what we're seeing in our brain is that that done, what done looks like. Now let's mm-hmm. go and um, and look at how, what are we going to do to get there? So in order to get there, I need the data table, I need the graphs, I need the introduction. So And then, and then... And then we go even backwards and then we said, okay, so what materials do we need to to in order to do this? So, you know, we need all this, um you know, the pay, the poster mm-hmm. and the scissor, you know, so everything that you need to do. So then we, what I basically call it is that you, you plan backwards to execute forward. So first yeah. you have to start by the end, by the finished product to visualize the, the, the finished product. And then you go backwards um, and plan it out. And then you execute going forward. So that's, that's how I help, um, you know, students in, um, in middle school achieve the better executive functioning. So in a project like this. And then what I also try to do is, really plan with them what their month is going to look like, what their week is going to look like, and then what the day looks like. Right. So we put it on the calendar and then we go day by day and then I do like a matrix where we have um, the columns are the days of the week and the rows are the classes that they have to take and so we plan out the week so that they have like a visual of what their week is going to look like and then they can just focus on one day. Say like, okay, I know we have a very full week, but today I'm just going to focus on Monday and we see what what classes are going to be, you know, what they have to do for each class on Monday, and then we also talk about what hidden homework is, because sometimes something is not due the next day, but they still have to do it, because otherwise they're going to be um, late in achieving in, in, in turning in their work, so we that's talk awesome. about hidden homework for each class, and then I help them plan it out so that they have um, so that they can see everything that's going on, and then from there we move to a daily planner, mm-hmm. we check what other activities they have to do during the day, and then we schedule their day, depending also, it's very personalized, because like a lot of children, you know, one, a lot of students once they're done with school they need like two hours to relax and reset right another student can do homework right away so you really have to
0: personalize
1: the schedule and work with the students so that it's something that is going to work for them and i ask questions and they come up with the answer so that they feel that it's their schedule i don't say well from six to seven you have to do math i say like when do you think it would be better to do math at what time do you think you want to do it before or after why do you do you want to prioritize math over writing right is it better to do it early like what's your are you you're gonna be tired. Like maybe no. we need to do it earlier, so you have the brain power to do it, you know, before. So you know, you ask all these questions, and then they—it's a very personalized, um, you know, like a calendar that is very personalized, so that they can really be engaged in it and actually do
0: it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and that is, you know, the—I guess it's the luxury of kind of personalized coaching. Yeah, and I know I'd love to hear from from Jennifer or Martin about. Kind of what that looks like how that manifests in a group setting because i i also did that type of work as an upper school dean at poly prep in brooklyn and and we were really successful in it but i'd love to hear more about what bennett is doing in terms of kind of the guidance that you all provide because i know it's at a very very high level
2: yeah um marty i don't know if you want to speak on this one no you can go ahead if you'd like um well again in our advisory program we do have um this set time that we set aside each week to check in with students so it really is um that time like what we do it on fridays and it's really kind of like to reflect on the week to look at the goals but it might be something where um they might bring up something that we might have saying, okay, we're gonna check in on your progress tracker, but they might say, you know what, I'm really struggling in this class. Mm-hmm. And how do I um what do I don't this is a class that's causing me a lot of anxiety or um I don't feel very good. And so uh their advisor, uh who they meet with during advisory every day, but then individually, uh, might give them some strategies on like, okay, it sounds like you need to uh, talk with your teacher. How do you feel about doing that? You know, like when do when when can you set aside time? Or if it's something asking them, um, kind of like Lorenzo, what you were asking before with parents of just like, you know, that's what advisors do too, is like asking them to give them um, some opportunities to reflect, but also to say like, Yeah, you know, a lot of times when when you give students time to reflect, they figure out these things on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it is helping them to kind of identify those things. Like, do I need to be asking more questions in class? Do I need to meet individually? Do I need to be, um, you know, a lot of goals that students set is like, I'm going to challenge myself to ask a question every single class period. You know, like asking myself, like, Uh, do I understand this or do I need to raise my hand? And so um, those are things that I think Uh, that we really ask students to do Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. One of the things I think is um, a a unique part that I have found, at least being at Bennett, is that at the end of the trimester, we actually ask students to do a pretty holistic reflection of their trimester. I love that. It's called presentation of learning. And they actually go through kind of like the different um, skills and competencies that they were working on this trimester. And they reflect on this. And they also reflect on uh, the social emotional executive functioning skills. And so they actually present that to their peers. I love it. And I think that that's really unique because Mm. it's really challenging them to say, this is what I learned. This is what I like I'm really proud of, this is what I'm good at. And these are the things I still need to work on. And I remember, mm-hmm. um, you know, the first time that we did this, uh, one of the students saying, you know, our group really did not do a good job holding ourselves accountable for like the schedule that we made for our project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after and afterwards, one of the teachers was like okay i heard that like you showed this you you know you really reflected on this
0: mm-hmm.
2: what are you going to do differently next trimester that's awesome you know and the student yeah. had to be like well I don't know but he actually reflected saying like i need to be a better leader and you know hold myself accountable but hold our group members accountable and and they were even just saying like we need to have like a calendar that we check in each day you know it's not like not like you're not doing your part but kind of like how can we create something together so that we all know like it's right there we don't have to say anything but it's kind of like did you do your part no okay well what's going on, you know? Um, And I just think that those are, those are different ways that our program is set up, but our teachers, like it's part of our, our routines and our, during our week. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, no, just to have it, it, it. I'm so excited by just giving students the opportunity, the space to be reflective about what they've learned. And then they can then also think about what they need to do for the next trimester coming up. I I think there's so few schools that offer that space and that time to be able to do that. And so, um, and I, I want our listeners to really be able to take what they're hearing. And it's, this is not about, you know, having a private executive functioning coach or going to a school like Bennett, these are both, you know, these are both things that are, um, you know, they're a luxury, you know, in, in the country, in, in our country and how, how our education system is set up. But I, I want our listeners to be able to take some of these things and, and know that as parents, they can do these things at home as well, right? These aren't, these aren't um, necessarily like cost- intensive things that you can do at home. It's just kind of taking the time, making space to be reflective, um, asking your student, you know, and calendaring out, you know, what Lorenzo was talking about was, it was something that I wish I learned in middle school. Um, and now being, you know, entrenched in kind of curriculum and, and in the administration, I, I now have this greater appreciation for how thoughtful, you know, chairs are and and academics are about creating a curriculum that builds, you know, like in middle school, you'll have this many long-term projects because if your first long-term project is in high school, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to even build up to that point. So there's just so much thought going on, um, to build curriculum, um, and to build skills over time. And hopefully it's not just trying to meet the, you know, the, the core requirements by the state or, or, or the government, but it's really trying to, trying to build our skills to be, you know, successful beyond college. So um, I'm really appreciative of the time that we've all spent. I really, um, we could go on forever and I, I want to learn, you know, and I obviously I, I have a bias for for Bennett and we're so lucky that we're able to work so closely with you. Um, but I want to thank everyone for just tuning in and uh, to Just Admit It. Uh, please catch up on all of our previous episodes mm-hmm. by visiting the Just Admit It podcast page and be sure to bookmark our IvyWise knowledge base to stay up to date with all the latest college admissions news and advice. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and what I refer to as The Ticket talk for additional college prep resources and stay tuned for our next episode in which we will discuss college athletic recruitment in the time of covid so thank you so much everyone and we'll talk to you soon